Proverbs chapter 30. We're going to start in verse 24. Here's what Solomon says. Four things are small on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. Alright? That's the setup here. Four things are small on earth, but they are exceedingly wise. Number one, the ants are not a strong people, but they prepare their food in the summer. The seraphim, that's what my Bible says. Your Bible may say a coney or a badger. They are not mighty people, yet they make their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet all of them go, in, go out in ranks. 28. The lizard you may grasp with your hands, yet it is in the king's palaces. What in the world is Solomon talking about in Proverbs chapter 30? Sounds like an odd text, doesn't it? Let me tell you what the wisest man to ever live has to say about success and wisdom. He's going to show us four of the smallest and weakest animals in all creation. And he's going to correlate them to us. And he's going to show us that in all their weakness, they can still succeed. And we're going to learn from the ant. We're going to learn from the badger. We're going to learn from the locust. And we're going to learn from the lizard. How about that? Alright? Let's look here. 25. The ants are not a strong people, but they prepare their food in the summer. Solomon, what do you want to, what do you want to tell us about an ant? Solomon notices the apparent ability, or maybe the inability of the ant. You know, if you, were, uh, if you ever watch your kids, the first time you ever watch a kid get brave is probably on an ant hill. Because the ants are so small. I mean, anybody can stomp an ant. Can you think of anything weaker than an ant? Now, I know proportionately they're said to be one of the strongest things in the world. Yeah, there we go. We got us a little ant there. All right? I'm glad Grady's not in here because he'd freak right now. Uh, proportionally, an ant's pretty strong, but really it's, it's, it's weaker than just about everything else. I mean, it's at the bottom of the food chain. It can pretty much get whooped by everything, right? I have no idea. I have no idea. They just mess up my lawn. They put big mounds where I don't want mounds. I I don't know. My son runs out there and they just cover him and he comes freaking into the house. I don't really know why they're ants. Maybe it's just for this reason that God created ants. So that Solomon could look at his palace, see an anthill, and just say, you know what? I'm the wisest guy in the world, I guess, seeing that God has granted me all wisdom. Uh, Maybe there's something to learn from these ants. And maybe that's it. So Solomon looks at the anthill and he says... The ants, they're not strong. There's nothing impressive about them. They're tiny. They're weak. They're fragile. But they do do something. And here's where we learn. Here's what they do. They prepare their food in the summer. Okay? Do you see any ants out lately? I haven't seen any ants out lately. You know why? It's because it's cold. And when it's cold, they go deep in the ground. In the summertime, you see them up on their little deal and they're going all crazy and they're they're just everywhere. They're doing all kinds of business. Building roads, building mountains, building hills. They're carrying stuff. I mean, they got stuff bigger than them they're carrying through there. And and I don't know what all they're doing, but they're busy, right? I got some of those hills still in my yard. When I go out there, there's nothing there. I stomp on them and nothing comes up. Why? Because they're deep in the ground. They're, They're down there chilling. They're down there on hiatus. Why? Because they've gathered everything they needed. They worked hard when the weather was good. And now in the cold, they're down there on sabbatical. And they're enjoying the fruits of their hard work and labor. Solomon, what do you want us to learn about the ants? 
The weakling ant masters diligence for survival. The ant is industrious, hardworking, and painstakingly persistent in its work ethic. It's hard to say. Day in and day out, the ant works hard. Industry is the ant's calling card. Diligence is the ant's fallback position. When the weather is cold and miserable, what is the ant doing? It's working. When the weather is hot, what is the ant doing? It's working. When the circumstances are bad, what is the ant doing? He's working. When the circumstances are good, what is the ant doing? He's working. Always preparing, always being diligent for what he knows is ahead. He's planning. He's always looking forward. Solomon, what do we learn about the ants? That it's small. And a child could step on it and crush it at any moment. I could kick the anthill and it'd be done with. But it does one thing well. It works hard and it is diligent. And it prepares and it plans. And it knows what is ahead. And it does its job in season and out of season. That's the ant. Do we do that? Is that us as believers? Here's the illustration. I was thinking of the illustrations and I'm and I, trying to come up with the weakest, smallest thing I could think of. And it, I took myself back to high school. Me. That was me. When I was in high school, uh, I graduated soaking wet at about 145. Uh, lanky, scrawny dude. But uh, many of you know I played football. And uh, I had two choices coming out of high school. I was either going to go into the Marine Corps like the rest of the men in my family or I was going to somehow get to college. Maybe if I work really hard, maybe if I get out there and I put on my headphones and my, uh, my little uh, tape player and I run around the dirt road in my neighborhood, which was about a mile, if I get out there every day and I do that and I pop on the Eye of the Tiger from Rocky Three, and I get really hard after it, maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll improve. Maybe I'll get better. I played quarterback and I thought maybe if I get in the backyard... And I get my football, the one football I had, and I just start picking out pine trees. And I throw that football until I can hit that pine tree. And I'm going to pick a pine tree that's further. And I'm going to throw that football until I can hit that pine tree. Can I tell you what happens when you miss a pine tree? The ball goes really far. When you only have one ball, that's a lot of walking. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to exercise. So I'm out there running, uh, running stadiums up, my, uh, up the hill in my backyard that had the septic tank on it. Neighbors are probably looking out like, what is this kid doing, you know? Scrawny Ruiz is out there running around up on his septic tank, up and down, up and down, right? But I just thought, hey, if I work really hard, maybe, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do this. Diligence. Perseverance. I understand that in and of myself, there's nothing in me that can overcome. But I understood that if I worked hard, I understood that if no one else were at the gym... On my high school football team, if I was there every time, I would get better. I understood that if I knew the playbook, not just my position, but I knew everybody else's position, what they were doing, I know I would get better. Can I tell you, I made it. I didn't make it big by any means. I went to a small school. Uh, If I told you the name of it, you wouldn't know it. If I told you the name of the six schools, all right, maybe five, that actually contacted me about playing football, you wouldn't know, but maybe one of them, and that's just because it's in Georgia. It wasn't anything major, guys, but I realized my weakness and I went ahead and I pressed on and I was diligent. We've got to learn from the ant. We've got to learn from the ant. We are weak. Be diligent. Have a plan. Do the hard and sometimes tedious work. Are you willing to do that in your career? Are you willing to do that in your marriage? Are you willing to do that as a parent? 
Most importantly, are you willing to do that spiritually? Everybody wants to be spiritually uh, elevated. Everybody wants to be a spiritual stud, but nobody wants to get in their Bible. Nobody wants to do the work. Nobody wants to read. Nobody wants to pray. You've got to sweat if you want to have a game. Amen? Well, verse 26. Look at this next little guy here. He is what uh, my Bible calls a Shephanim. Your Bible may say a coney. You know what a coney is? It's a badger. It's basically uh, like, a, like a big gerbil or a rabbit. You know, there's nothing scary about this dude. Uh, it's likened to a rabbit, okay? You see he's right there in the rocks. He has no defense system of his own, the rock badger. He can't protect himself. He can't bite you. He can't growl at you. He can't scare you. I mean, who's going to be afraid of that? You just kick it and keep going, right? Basically, everything larger than this can eat it. And a lot of things smaller than this could still eat it. He could do nothing on his own. He's defenseless. He has no power. He's weak. But yet Solomon notices something. 26, the rock badger, well, they're not mighty either. Yet they make their houses in the rocks. So what? They make a cleft in the rock and they have to hide themselves so the buzzard and the eagle and whatever else bird doesn't scoop them down and eat them up. And so when a predator comes, they have to hide in the rock. What is the wisdom in that, Solomon? That the one thing you realize about this weak rock badger is that he's found himself a good home. Matthew 7:24, Jesus said this, Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a man who builds his house where? On the rock. And when the storms come and the wind blows and the rain falls, what's going to happen to that house? It's going to stand. But a man who doesn't build his house on a rock, builds it on shifting sand, he can be compared to a fool. And what's going to happen to his house? It's going to be blown away. A mighty fortress is my God, we sing. A bulwark everlasting. Proverbs and Psalm over and over and over says, The Lord is my strong tower, my strength. He is my rock and He is my refuge. He is my fortress. Every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, we shall live by. We shall not live by bread alone. What is the rock that we stand on as a church, as individual believers? Where is the home? Where do we camp out? Can I tell you that it is on that solid rock of Christ and on every word that He has commanded us? Specifically, it's your, it's your Bible. Where are you building your house? Where are you building your foundation? Is it in the Word of God? If it's not, guys... If it's not, then you're building on shaky, unstable ground. The rock badger is not impressive on his own, but he's wise in one way. He has found stable and secure ground where he can hide from his predators, he can be secure, and he can find provision. Go to the rock, go to the Word, and go to the One who speaks to us. Amen? The wisdom of the rock badger. Verse 27, this next dude here, the locust. Verse 27 says, The locusts have no king, yet all of them go out in ranks. The locusts have no king, but all of them go out in ranks. This guy's a little, little scary just because he's so big right there. I don't like little bugs and crickets like this. But that's all he is. He's really a glorified cricket. Okay? 
But a locust by itself is really no big deal. I mean, it's just barely a nuisance. It doesn't do much damage at all. In fact, a child could step on this and, and it'd be pretty cool to hear the crunch, right? The thing about a locust is, and you may know this, is that in numbers, they are deadly. In numbers, they can wreak havoc, not on just a farm, but they can wreak havoc on a nation. They can wreak havoc even on a continent in numbers. It is said that a locust every day eats its weight in food. And its weight is about the weight of a penny. It weighs about a penny. And it can eat about a penny's worth of food every day. Now imagine that a locust gets into your bank account and he eats a penny's worth of his weight in food every day. After a year, he's knocked out what? $3.65. Not a big deal, is it? I mean, unless you still budget your checkbook. A single locust is hardly noticeable. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. In other words, there is strength in numbers. The modern world refers to this phenomenon as synergy. The example of synergy uh, can be noticed in the equation of one plus one plus one equals not three, but four. It's the idea that we have strength in numbers. With synergy, the sum of the parts is greater than the individual parts alone. You see here? Solomon looks out and he sees this locust. He says, on his own, he's nothing. He's tiny, weak, and fragile. And in fact, he has no king, meaning that he has nobody to command him. He has no leader. He has no, nobody to point him in the right direction. But they do something inherently that makes them deadly. And here's what it is. They order themselves in rank. It's a picture of military rank. It's a picture of a military force marching forward, not breaking rank, and marching right into battle. You remember in the Old Testament when Pharaoh uh, got all those plagues from God? You remember one of the plagues was locusts. And it says the sky was darkened because there were so many locusts that the sun was blotted out, that they covered the earth. Think about the damage that that could do in numbers. What did we learn from the locust? On our own, we're not very impressive. We're weak, we're small, easily broken. But in numbers, we can do great, great things. In the Christian life, we can't be lone rangers, church. We can't be lone rangers. God has designed and set up church and Christianity so that we do not walk alone. We walk arm in arm with those who are in the church. The New Testament uses words like body and family and a gathering, an ecclesia, a fellowship. We can't be out there on our own doing this thing by ourselves. We have to hold arms and walk forward and not break rank. It's the wisdom of the locust. Let me give the last one here, verse 28. The lizard you may grasp with your hands... Uh, some of your translations may say spider. Can I, that's just a bad translation, okay? Plain and simple, bad translation. It's a lizard. The lizard you may grasp with your hands, yet it is in the king's palaces. What does this mean, Solomon? I imagine that one day Solomon sat back in his palace on his throne and he surveyed everything that was going on and he realized that, you know what, he had this royal guard that protected his fortress and his palace that was impenetrable. You couldn't get in to the king. I mean, uh, picture the guard that's around our president and add like a hundred times that. Cost wasn't an issue. Manpower wasn't an issue. You just got who you wanted off the street and you said, stand here and hold this spear. 
hold this shield and don't let anyone through. And if you do, it'll cost you your life. So Solomon's in his temple and he, and he realizes that, that his fortress, his palace is impenetrable. And all of a sudden he sees something scurry along his feet. And it's probably one of these guys. It's a little, uh, little dark there, but it's a finger. And that's a gecko. You've seen the commercial, the little insurance commercial. That's a gecko. It's probably the kind of uh, lizard into places that other animals aren't able to find their way into. Is there anything great or impressive about the gecko? No. I mean, a little kid can catch it in his hands. Right? That's the picture. It can't fight back. It can't break loose. A child could catch it. But Solomon noticed. I'm finding them in my palace. How did they get in here? How did they get past my guard? Here's the point. Here's the wisdom of the gecko. Although they're not great, they can make their way into great places. Derek Kidner, great theologian, well-known commentator, he said this about the lizard. He said, the lizard, I mark with one word, and it's audacity. Great word. The boldness of the lizard, that he's nothing great in and of himself, but he can find his way into great places. He is bold, and he'll walk right into the king's palace. Isn't that cool? What do we learn from the lizard? Nothing great about us, maybe. Maybe we don't have great talents. Maybe there's nothing very impressive about us. But somehow, those who aren't necessarily great can find their way into great spots. It's the wisdom of the lizard. What does this mean? Let me wrap this up. and We're going to eat. Uh, you could leave here today, and uh, you could take this and be a great little self-help message. You could maybe even go out and write a little uh, leadership book on it if you wanted. If John Maxwell hasn't already written it, he probably already has. But uh, you could do that. And you could go back and you could apply this to your career. You could apply it to your home. And you could make great strides. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Where do we find wisdom? I'm weak. I know it. I'm not the best. I'm not the most talented. I'm not the most beautiful. I'm not the, I'm not the most impressive. But here's what I can do. I can be like the ant. I can be diligent. I can work hard in season and out of season. I can do my job. I can be like the badger. I can build my house on the rock. I can put a firm foundation. I can get firm ground to stand on. I can get ahead that way. I can be like the locust. I can get some good guys around me. I can surround myself with other men and women who can make me successful. I can lock arms with guys who are better looking, more talented, smarter, etc., etc. That'd be wise to do. Or I could be like the lizard. And I can have the audacity and the boldness, although I'm not special in and of myself, to find my way into places that I shouldn't even be. You could get ahead like that. Can I ask you to think a little deeper? Could you think about your own spiritual walk a little bit this Sunday? And maybe even think about Cornerstone Church and what this passage might mean for us as a congregation starting our second year, trying to continue to make an impact on lives, transform lives, 
and bring glory and fame to the name of our God. Maybe you think about that. That we're going we're gonna to press on. Amen? We're going to know the plan, we're going to know our goals, and we're going to press on. And we're going to do the hard work in and out of season. Amen? We're going to get in our Bibles. We're going to do evangelism. We don't know how to do evangelism. We're going to go to life groups and we're going to learn how to do evangelism. We're going to get better. We're going to learn how we can help a younger woman. We're going to learn how we can help a younger man. If we don't know how to help them, we're going to find help for ourselves. And then we're going to get a guy who's dumber than us and we're going to help him. Simple as that. That's discipleship. Amen? It's not going to be easy, but we're going to do it. If we don't have time during the day to get in God's Word, what are we going to do? We're going to set our clocks early, 6 a.m. We're not going to hit snooze and we're going to go in. We're going to get in God's Word. We're going to do the hard work. We're going to sweat if we want to gain spiritual muscle. Not just the ant. We can be like the badger. The rock badger. We can find our footing on the rock. The mighty fortress that is our God. We can build this house on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We can continue in His Word. We could stand firm on what comes from God. Amen? That is wisdom. We can be like the locust. We can lock arms with each other and we can continue to press on. We're not going to eat each other. We're not going to kill each other. We're not going to step over each other. We're going to stay in rank and we're going to keep pressing on and moving forward. Amen? And we're going to get further together than we would by ourselves. We're not going to be lone rangers in this. Finally, we're going to be like the lizard. Just that little old gecko. We're going to be bold, guys. We're going to be... Uh, we're, going to, we're going to do things that um, might surprise you. We're going to go deep. As an old quarterback, uh, I love football, but I hate watching football games where all they do is run up the middle, run up the middle, run up the middle. I'm a quarterback. I love to see the guys throw it deep. Come on, coach. Let me throw one deep. We're going to throw it deep, guys. We're going to do some things that... Uh, We can't do on our own. We're going to make some plans that aren't going to be fulfilled on our own power, by our own intelligence. We're going to have to trust in God. We're going to be bold. We're going to step out on faith and do some things that only God can do. And we're going to find our place in greatness, not because of us, but because of what God does. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.